The trade deadline has passed, and uh, woo, was it a big one. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. So... Juan Soto got traded from the Washington Nationals to the San Diego Padres. Josh Bell was in that trade too, but this is going to be known as the Juan Soto trade. And we will track all of these prospects until probably the end of all of their careers to figure out at the end of the day who won the trade. So uh, Juan Soto and Josh Bell from Washington to San Diego. San Diego gives Washington left-hand pitcher Mackenzie Gore, which you'll remember we've talked about, former number one pitching prospect in all of baseball, went all the way back down to the complex league to work some stuff out, came all, came all the way back up to MLB this season, looked good to start the season, scuffed a little bit, is injured, probably going to be out for the rest of the year. Number one prospect shortstop C.J. Abrams, one of those guys that had a limited amount of time in double-A, but was pretty young to get promoted. They promoted them early, scuffled a bit. But dynamic shortstop, all-star ceiling. I mean, he can. he's incredibly fast. He can hit. He can hit for power. He can run. He does some of everything. Uh, number two prospect in the system, outfielder Robert Hassel. So uh, premium hitter with speed. Uh, no doubt center fielder. You put him out there. He's going to lead off for you. and. He's going to be the guy that contends for all-star berths from the top of your lineup. Outfielder James Wood. um, Number four prospect in the system and very much that prototypical corner outfield power slugging kind of guy. One of the highest rated power tools, raw power, in probably the entire minor leagues. Uh, He's the kind of guy you're going to put him in at cleanup. Uh, he's going to hit 30, 35 home runs. I mean, big boy, 6'7", 240. He looks the part. That's a thing Washington loves is those conventional scouting guys that look the part. And then number 10 prospect, right-hand pitcher Jarlin Susana. 2022 IFA has been the breakout player of the complex league this year. Um, has an electric fastball, sits around 98. He can touch 102 with it. He's got a um, he's got a uh, power slider that's a plus pitch, has a curveball and an average change to go along with it, and tons of tools. He's an 18 year old pitcher, and so the most common prospect you will find is a young right handed pitcher, and that's because that's like that's a very very risky profile. So has all of the tools to be I mean a number one number two pitcher, just like Mackenzie Gore has all the tools to be a number one or number two pitcher. But Susanna has a lot of variance in his projection. Uh, this deal was originally supposed to include Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer does not have full no-trade rights, but he has 
a limited no trade. He can have 10 teams on his list that he will have to approve a trade to. The Nationals were one of those teams. He declined to approve a trade, so he was removed from that deal and replaced with Luke Voigt. So Luke Voigt is going, um, is pretty much going over to go play first base for the Nationals, while Eric Hosmer instead got packaged up and sent to the Red Sox. And uh, go go listen to Locked On Red Sox if you want to hear about how their draft went. I don't really know what they were doing. Uh, I hopped on with Lauren. We chatted for for a few minutes, and just kind of surprising as far as. They were trying to buy and sell at the same time. It just didn't make a lot of sense. So if you want to hear it, I'm not going to spend the whole show on it. Just go check it out. Uh, Locked on Red Sox. Me and Lauren talked about it. But so the, the the Padres are obviously going for it, right? So kind of look back and look at who they got. They got Juan Soto. They got Josh Bell. They went out, if you if you remember from yesterday's show, they went out and got Josh Hader. Uh, you know, and that was a deal. When that trade happened, we were like, okay. They're trading lefty Taylor Rogers, their closer. Uh, they're trading MLB pitcher Denilson LeMay, good pitcher, injured kind of often. And then they're trading two top 10 prospects, but not guys in their top five. They traded number six prospect, outfielder Asturi Ruiz, uh, the top 10 pick that had exploded with the steals and the slash line was like 300 something, 400 something, 500. I mean, just bonkers slash line across double A AA and triple A. And then they traded Robert Gasser, the lefty pitcher that could hit 95 on the fastball, which is not that easy for a lot of lefties to do. So they traded that for Josh Hader, and they have him for a season and a half. They have Josh Bell till the end of the year. They've got Soto for two and a half years. And then they made another trade today to get Brandon Drury. Uh, And I also think they got Cam Gallagher as well. So went out and got multiple pieces. They're obviously a team, I mean, they are making the push. They are saying, we don't need prospects. We will figure that out when we get to it. We are trying to win a championship. Uh, All the credit in the world to A.J. Preller. A.J. Preller knows that, like, this is his chance. He knows that the the Giants are having a down year, so they're not a threat. He knows that there's extra wildcard spots to make the playoffs. And it's like, just get us in. We've got... A lockdown closer now. Uh, you know we have we have some good pitchers. You Darvish, most you know, especially up there. And so we've got what it takes to win in the postseason. We just have to get there. Um, credit credit where it's due to the Padres. Probably won the deadline. If you're if you're gonna grade it way too early, and this is way too early to grade it because you don't know where these prospects are going to end up. If you're gonna grade it way too early, it's hard not to say the Padres won the deadline as far as the MLB team and what they got. Now, they traded away six prospects out of their top 10. And so, um, down the road, that's where you start to have the questions about what do the Padres do. But right now, they are the winners of the trade deadline. In just a minute, I kind of want to go through some of the other deals, because believe it or not, there were other teams also making trades. Uh, Some of the guys who had good, some teams who had good, Deadlines and not so great deadlines. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. Uh, Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. If you want to build the engagement ring of her dreams, Blue Nile has simple online tools that help you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. And then Blue Nile's bench jewelers will handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. 
or you just want to celebrate life's special moments with fine jewelry, but you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. They're available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So, make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Okay, other teams were doing things besides just the Padres. Believe it or not, I know that we didn't, you know, not, yeah. Other teams were doing stuff. So the Twins had an interesting deadline. The Twins went out and got relief pitcher Michael, Michael Fulmer uh, from the Tigers, one of the guys who we expected to get moved at the deadline. You know, we saw that coming. Uh, they swapped, they sent right-hand pitcher Ian Hamilton to the, twi- uh, to the Guardians to get catcher Sandy Leone, a little bit of, uh, of backup help. And then there was a really interesting trade they made with the Reds. Uh, they sent a trio of prospects back to the Reds to get right-hand pitcher Tyler Molly, who has a year of control after this year, so it's not just a one-and-done. But interesting, interesting trade here. So in return for a year and a half of Tyler Molly, uh, the Reds got three players. Infielder Spencer Steer, which we have talked about on the show a few times. Um, contact-oriented bat. When he gets on base, he absolutely, I'm sorry, when he makes contact, he makes quality contact. When he, you know, he hits the ball pretty hard. Not a huge home run threat, contact oriented guy, but still hard contact. And then defensively, can play all over the infield. He's probably best as a second baseman, but he can play third if you need him. He can play short if you need him. And just about everybody can play first. And so he gives you defensive flexibility, just about ready to come up in a situation where the Reds can either hold them down until after the the Super 2 cutoff next year, or they can let him come up now and finish learning kind of on the job. To go along with him, third baseman Christian Encarnacion Strand. Uh, so, tons of raw power. Another one, kind of like James Wood, another guy that's just known for that double-plus raw power. I feel like every system's got one or two guys that you got to put protective tents over the parking lot and bat in practice because they're just crushing balls. That's this guy. So Christian Encarnacion Strand, he's, he's going to probably not be better than average to above average at third. So he may end up, as he gets older, having to move to first. But defensively, good enough to play third right now. And then his, his slash line in double A. Okay, 302, 374, 612 with 25 home runs. It's, he has... He has a slugging percentage of over 600 and an OPS of almost 1,000. It is a little bit absurd. So definitely looks like he could be a long-term answer uh, at third base for the Twins, depending on development as soon as sometime next season. And then a guy that I, I really kind of like is, and I'm probably going to get the name wrong because we get names wrong on the show. It's what we do. Left-hand pitcher Steven Hadger. So 21 years old, 20, uh, 2021 draftee, fell to the second round coming out of Michigan. Um, 
All of his time has been this year. He didn't pitch last year. Uh, I believe Michigan made the College World Series last year, so his season went on into June. But, so he's got um, a, a four-seam fastball, sits kind of in the low 90s. Uh, he's got a slider in the low 80s. He's got a, a, a curveball and a changeup. And the four-seamer is below average when it comes to velocity for a lefty. You know, most lefties now are sitting... 93, 94, 95 is kind of the range you see a lefty. Uh, he sits low 90s, but gets tons of swings and misses. It has a bunch of vert- vertical break to it. Uh, you know, significantly like above average amounts of vertical break. And his whole delivery is kind of funky. And so he gets deception out of that. So swing and miss on the fastball. Um, Slider's the primary breaking pitch. Um, like I said, low to mid eighties, it's, it's kind of a tight slider. I think that's something where they're going to make it a little bit wider, a little bit more sweeping, like the Yankees have been doing with their guys. Uh, changeup is a swing and miss pitch. He just hasn't controlled it that well, but, um, you know, his, so he has to work on the command there. And then the curveball is the fourth of four pitches can always land it as a strike. But when it's on, it really works well off of the fastball. Because when you start to account for the vertical drop of the fastball, he can, he can whip a curveball in there and it still goes under your bat even though you're preparing for the ball to go down on you. So when it's on, it plays really well as a fourth weapon. Uh, he's, he profiles now as a you know, back-end number four, number five guy. I think he's got potential to get a little better. I think he could be a number three with the right kind of refinement. And so to get these three guys for a year and a half of a pitcher that is, you're out of your contention window, you add this into some of the other trades that the Reds have made. They went out, they got Noel V. Marte when they sent Luis Castillo to the Mariners. And so you've got a lot of shortstops now. Uh, so obviously, guys, you can move if you need to move somebody to the third. You need to move somebody to the outfield. You can do that. Uh, steer, I think you can, you can play steer. I mean, obviously, you have Jonathan Indy as well. But you can play steer anywhere in the infield you need to. You can move, you know, Strand can be uh, third or first. Ellie De La Cruz is a guy that can stick it short, but you can move to, to third if you need to because you've got a Noel B. Marte. You've got... Jose Barrero, you've got so many shortstops in here. And just about any position player on the field that's right-handed probably started off as a shortstop or a center fielder. So there's there's precedent to move those guys around. So the Reds, as far as sellers, did a lot of really good stuff at this deadline. Some of the other deals that went through, the Rays made two trades. Um, Neither one of them today, actually. They got Jose Siri in a three-way trade with the Astros and Orioles yesterday. And then they got David Peralta earlier in the weekend. Um, Phillies made some interesting moves. They went out, they got closer David Robertson from the Cubs, uh, center fielder Brandon Marsh, and starting pitcher Noah Syndergaard from the Angels. And so, I think those were actually separate. I think they made two deals. They made a a Marsh deal and then separately a Syndergaard deal, which is interesting. Kind of makes me think that they went after somebody else and the price wasn't right, so they had to come back and make a second deal. But interesting there. Mets were kind of quiet, didn't do a ton of stuff. They got Darren Ruff. They got Dane Vogel back the other day. Uh, The Dodgers put Joey Gallo out of his misery, took him from the Yankees, uh, finally. There's there's an article out there with an interview with Joey Gallo just the other day, and it's 
it's a, it's tough to read. I mean, he he is kind of acknowledging that like he just wasn't able to perform and he knows that people are disappointed in him and like he doesn't leave his apartment because he doesn't want to run into fans on the street to talk bad about it. Like it's it's a tough read. So I'm I was happy that somebody went and got Joey Gallo, uh, even if it was the Dodgers, just because I wanted, you know, I like just he's better than he looked in New York. He hit what, 35, 40 home runs last year between his two his two teams. He's a good player. The Braves had an interesting deadline. So the Braves didn't make any seemingly huge moves, but they shored up a lot of the deficiencies on the big league club without spending a lot of prospect capital to do it. So they went and got Robbie Grossman from the Tigers to, to share time in left field with Eddie Rosario. Um, one of these guys can hit lefties. One of these guys can hit righties. So you make up for the loss of Adam Duvall. Um, Ozzie Albee's out with the broken foot. They had signed Robinson Cano. They have Orlando Arcia playing second. They've DFA'd Cano. Uh, they made a trade to get Ihiri Adrianza back from the Nationals. They had him a few years ago. They traded Trey Harris, uh, one of their their deeper backup outfield prospects. Not going to be wouldn't be up for a little while. Traded him to the Nationals. Uh, they went and got Jake Odorizzi from the Astros. And the trade there was, I'm trying to think who they sent. Like it, it wasn't somebody incredibly important uh, that they sent back to the Astros for Odorizzi. And then they went and they got closer Rizel Iglesias from the Angels for veteran reliever Jesse Chavez and prospect Tucker Davidson. Davidson had been up a little bit last year and had started some for Atlanta, uh, got injured. I think he was mostly on the shelf for the stretch run. But. Didn't spend a lot, but they they got an extra starter to help uh, with Kyle Wright and Spencer Strider because they're kind of starting to hit some of their season pitching highs. Uh, They got an outfielder to make up for the loss of Adam Duvall. They got a second baseman to help tide, you know, just hold the team over until Ozzie Albies is back. And then they got another back of the the bullpen relief pitcher in case you lose some time uh, from Kenley Jansen. Or you just need to kind of... AJ Minters had a huge workload back there. So they can kind of relieve some of the workload. Uh, some interesting interesting things done by some, some teams as far as buying and selling. In just a minute, I want to tell you who I think may have won the trade deadline. The teams that did the best at either selling what they had and getting quality prospects in return. Or using prospects to fill holes in the big league roster. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can get all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. You get reviews and news of every league, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for your sports wagering information, Live in-game betting scores, they have you covered. They are so on the money that I got an email this afternoon at 1.24 from Jimmy Shapiro uh, with, with BetOnline, and they had already given us new odds for the San Diego Padres, futures odds for the World Series and the NL pennant after the addition of Juan Soto and Josh Bell. So the San Diego Padres went from 22-1 and odds to make the World Series on August 1st to 8-1 to today. 
And then for the National League pennant, they went from 9-1 to odds on August 1st to 17-4 to odds today. Simply from getting, technically it's from getting Hayter and Bell and Soto, but really it's for getting Juan Soto. So it's not just betting on individual games. You can bet on futures, you can have kind of props, things like that. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. Okay, winners of the trade deadline. I already mentioned, I think the Padres have to be considered a winner simply for getting a generational talent in Juan Soto. Like, he is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Here's the thing about the Juan Soto trade. He's so incredibly young. He can play for you for 15 more years if you're able to sign him. Here's the wildest stat to me. I, I tweeted this out earlier. If you're not following the show at Locked on Farm, that's where you're going to get all of this info about all these deals happening, reaction videos, all that kind of stuff. Make sure you're doing that. But 20 players from the Futures game this year were older than Juan Soto is right now. So the Futures game is prospects who are not up yet. They're the kids of the future. And half of those rosters were older than Juan Soto. That's how unique Juan Soto is. I, I was on uh, Locked On Sports Today talking about this. I genuinely cannot remember a trade as big as this in Major League Baseball. The only comp I have to this is the, the Herschel Walker trade, where the Vikings traded like two entire drafts to the Cowboys for Herschel Walker. And the Cowboys used that to get like Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin and all of the stuff to win all those Super Bowls in the 90s. So it's absolutely ridiculous. But outside of that, who else had really, really good drafts? So, I'm sorry, really good trade deadlines. The Yankees. The Yankees went out, if you think about what the Yankees did. So they get Andrew Benatendi. And they did this a little while back, actually. They did this... um. What was this? They did this the tw- July 27th. So they sent three pitching prospects, you know, outside the top 10, lower level guys, for Andrew Benatendi. Doesn't have tons of counting stats, plays a good defensive left field or right field. So you're good there. Uh, they go to the Cubs, I think it was yesterday, and they get rookie reliever Scott Efros. They trade one of their top 10 pitchers, Hayden Wineski. Uh, but now they have six years of team control of a lights-out reliever, righty, okay? They go yesterday, they send four prospects to the Oakland A's. Uh, Ken Watichuk, Luis Medina, J.P. Sears, Cooper Bowman, we talked about this on yesterday's show, to get Frankie Montes, a starter, and Lou Trevino, the Athletics' closer. So you, you're now up to two relievers, including a, another cl- a guy who has closing experience. Um. Then they go and they go and get Clayton Beater from the Dodgers for Joey Gallo. So they get Gallo off the books. Then they trade one of their extra lower level starters, Jordan Montgomery, to go get center fielder Harrison Bader from the Cardinals, who's right now on the IL. He's in a walking boot. He should be back by the postseason. So they go out, they get two outfielders to kind of solidify the rotation out there. I mean, they had to pull Matt Carpenter off the street. And it's worked out so far. Don't get me wrong. Matt Carpenter has absolutely worked out. Uh, But they go, they get two outfielders. They get a starting pitcher that they can count on to be one of the three starting pitchers in the postseason, 
along with Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez. Uh, they've also got Severino, obviously. They've got, you know, who's injured, but they've got a couple different options. Uh, they go get three pitchers for the bullpen. Uh, they they did everything that they had to do to make that team better. Uh, the Seattle Mariners are another team who went out, and I think you can call them, they are one of the winners of the trade deadline. So they got Luis Castillo. Obviously, we mentioned that. They sold Novi Marte, Edwin Arroyo, Levi Stout, and Andrew Moore, the two pitchers there at the end, uh, to get Luis Castillo. They have him for a year and a half. I like the next thing they did. They then went out and got catcher Kurt Casale, who has some history with Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo does very well pitching to Kurt Casale. Also, you can look at the difference in the Giants pitchers when they're throwing when they were throwing to Kurt Casale and when they were throwing to either Buster Posey, um, you know, or, or just anybody else, and you can see the difference, Joy Bart. You can see the difference in the performance. Like, catcher's ERA isn't really a thing. There's too many variables, but there's something there. And the Mariners recognized Luis Castillo likes throwing to him. And then, obviously, he seems to make other catchers or other pitchers better, so they go out and get him. Uh, to go along with that, you'll remember Kansas City, what, two weeks ago now? They got Carlos Santana. And then they went and they got left fielder... Jake Lamb. Oh, they also got Matthew Boyd in the Kirk Casale trade. But then they go out and they get left fielder Jake Lamb as well. And so the Mariners, they've now pushed their chips into the look at all of these pitchers that we have. Like this is this is incredibly, incredibly deep rotation for the playoffs. This is designed for a, a five-game series. We've got this murderer's row you have to go through to score runs. We're going to get Julio Rodriguez back off the IL soon. Uh, we've got, you know, Santiago Espinal and all kind of just great pieces and we're going to make a run. Uh, longest playoffs drought in the majors right now. I want the Mariners to do it. And then teams that maximize the returns for the guys they sold. Uh, I've already mentioned the Reds. I think the Reds did a great job of maximizing the assets that they had. They traded Brandon Drury. They traded um, Castillo. I mean, you know, they, they made, they moved some pieces. They, they traded Molly. Uh, the Nationals did as good a job as you were going to be able to do moving Juan Soto in midseason. Now, I was surprised that Soto and Bell were moved in the same trade. I thought those were going to be separate, but they found the same one. And the package ended up being four top 10 prospects, one recently graduated former top 10 prospect, and a big league piece, although Luke Voigt doesn't have as much team control as what they were originally wanting. So they got six players for Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Um, I think that that was the best job that they could have reasonably done during the season. I still believe a winter trade would have gotten you more because it's hard for an MLB team to say, yes, we'll give you pieces off our big league roster and we're still going to find a way to use Juan Soto that we're getting to contend this year. I think if you wait to trade Juan Soto in the offseason, teams have free agency to try to fill in any sort of holes that might come about by trading Juan Soto, or by trading for Juan Soto. So I think if you're going to trade him in season, they got the best return they could. Uh, the, the Cardinals could have probably given you four prospects as well. I understand they didn't want to put Dylan Carlson in the deal. Uh, I think the Dodgers could have made a really attractive package. Obviously, they either didn't want to or weren't willing to meet the price. 
So based off the return you got, I mean, Mackenzie Gore has the potential to be a number one or number two. Uh, Drawing Susanna, it's a it's a lot farther out, but has the potential to be a number one or number two. Uh, Hassel and Wood both have the potential. I mean, Hassel could, like I said, is going to contend for all stars. Is going to be your leadoff man. Wood's going to be your cleanup hitter. Uh, if he has enough protection and stuff around him, and that hit tool works as well as you think it would, he's going to be a contender for, uh, you know, for the home run title. And then C.J. Abrams looks like he's going to be an all-star with a little bit more seasoning, a little bit more uh, maturation of the contact. And so you did a really good job of maximizing value. Uh, You know, just all in all, crazy, crazy draft day. I think every single team made a trade, but maybe the Rockies. I think the Rockies were the only team that didn't trade anybody. They just re-signed Daniel Bard to an extension, which I don't understand, but it's fine. So we're going to continue to break this down the rest of the week. We do have a Farm Friday this week as well. Quick reminder, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. And until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.